You are listening to Alter Echo, a scripture and message podcast with pastors Andy Smith and Kim Kylo of St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA, Lakeville, Minnesota. Thanks for joining us and worshiping with us. Welcome back, St. John's, to another Alter Echo sermon podcast. This is the sermon and the scripture for Sunday, January 16th of 2022. This week, we are in uh, Brian McLaren's We Make the Road by Walking, chapter 21, and um, our sermon for today comes from Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28, and also, if you're interested uh, and have a little chance to do some Bible reading here, um, our first reading is Psalm 51, verses 8 through 17, and... um, I will make reference to that, so you can either read it or you can wait for me to reference it. But the gospel reading from Mark begins like this. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. The people were astounded at Jesus' teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then, there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and the man cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of the man. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once, Jesus' fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of the Galilee. Here ends the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. As we hear this reading today, this story of Jesus teaching in the synagogue and his interaction with a man, like many, with an unclean spirit, I'm reminded, because of that phrase, unclean spirit, of Psalm 51, which reads famously, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Let's hear those words again. Create in me a clean heart, O God. We pray. We can't help but hear scripture like that, that references um, me directly. It names you and I as the individual. We can't hear that without putting ourselves into the words, right? And so we might pray these words for ourselves, but we certainly hear them either way. So I wonder, I'll read them one more time. And as I do, I invite you to think about where your mind goes as you hear this. Create in me a clean heart, O God. When you hear those words, that hope, that utterance, this plea, what aspects of your life feel like the unclean thing these days? In other words, um, What parts of your life are you less than proud of? Maybe something that you have been told either by an inner voice or told by 
someone external to you, someone else in your life, that you should feel ashamed about? What is it that is probably the absolutely last thing that you are ever going to bring up in a conversation, unless it's someone you really, truly, deeply trust to see you and love you? Something that probably only a select few people, if anyone, knows is true and real and probably painful for you. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Are there any among us, I wonder, who hear these words and, looking deep within, can honestly say to themselves, I'm good. Nothing here that needs to get cleaned up. Nothing for which I long for change. Nothing that makes me doubt myself or wonder deep down if God could really, truly love me. The psalmist continues by saying, Do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Those words are heavy words. And I think because they reveal our underlying fear that goes along with the unclean parts of our lives. The fear that somehow the less than proud, less than desirable, less than ideal parts of us will somehow prevent God from loving us will somehow exclude us from God's care and God's presence and being part of God's family of faith. As we turn into our gospel reading, I think that's exactly the same thing we hear in this man's question. When Jesus is in the synagogue teaching and this man with an unclean spirit comes before him and identifies Jesus and says, What have you to do with us? Have you come to destroy us? There's a lot of fear in that. A lot of fear in the possibility that being seen might mean that Jesus' answer is no. Jesus' answer is not you. Jesus' answer is not enough. But let's take a look at the gospel. Let's see how Jesus deals with this man with the unclean spirit who dares to approach him and speak to him in the middle of the synagogue while Jesus is teaching. Jesus regards this man. He does not turn him away. He does not cast him out. He does not even rebuke the man himself. But what Jesus rebukes is the unclean spirit. Jesus sees this man and hears him and gives him the time of day and says, Be silent and come out of him. Meaning, unclean spirit be silent. Meaning, source of shame and regret in this person's life, you are no longer the loudest voice for him. You are not the story that will be told about this person. You are not all he is. He is more than you. Be silent, unclean spirit, and come out. Leave him. Be gone. Go away. Have nothing to do with this man anymore. Jesus 
does not turn him away. He does not fulfill the man's worst fear, but in fact, does the opposite. Jesus offers care and concern and healing and hope, but not only hope, actually, Jesus offers the healing that this man maybe didn't even know he was hoping for, but was desperate for. Jesus does not wait for this man to be in his right state or his ideal self or socially acceptable even before Jesus is willing and happy to care for him. This is God's love. And good news for you and for me, people of God, this is how Jesus regards us too. Jesus silences the parts of us that we fear are permanently and irreparably unclean, the parts of us that we fear are broken beyond repair, the parts of us that we fear will exclude us from God's love. Jesus silences these in us and calls them out. Be gone, he says. Jesus does not wait for us to be presentable or anything close to it or anything close to our best self before Jesus is willing to work with us. Let me say that in a different way. Becoming your ideal self is not a prerequisite to being worthy of God's love in Jesus. Which means, more good news, faith is not a spiritual self-improvement program. The goal of faith is not somehow to master the Ten Commandments in order to become good enough for God. The goal of faith is not to do enough religious things, quote unquote, to somehow make you right with God in order for God to, what, work with you, accept you, love you, welcome you into God's family, Big news for us, friends. There is no New Year's resolution, no spiritual practice, no elimination diet, no self-help program, no prayer routine, no magical workout, no volunteer program that will fix in you what you fear is unfixable. None of those things exist that could clean up your act in such a way to make you good or right or clean before God. You, humble human person, sinner though you are, you cannot accomplish that. It's not in your power. It is not in your ability. Which means that you're not failing at it. It means that we cannot do it. So although resolutions and goals can help us pursue healthier, more balanced, meaningful lives, they are not where our salvation is found. None of those things has the ability to save us. Because no one has ever become their ideal self. Your ideal self is always a moving target. Your ideal self does not exist. But you do. Your actual, imperfect, awkward, inconsistent self is the one that is loved 
and needed and already worthy of Jesus. Did you hear that? You, the you that is, the you that struggles and the you that fails, and the you that loves and tries hard things, is the one who Jesus loves. The man in the gospel, he could not rid himself of his unclean spirit. And guess what? Neither can you, and neither can I. (laughs) But let's also be clear, the man's utter inability to do that did absolutely nothing to stop Jesus from healing him, loving him, and even transforming his life for the better. And the same goes for you. Jesus, our Lord, Jesus who teaches in the temple, Jesus, our Savior, comes to you and sets you free from your shame-ridden and self-defeating fear and proclaims instead that you are already loved just as you are. And also, one more thing. If you and I don't need to be presentable or clean in order for Jesus to work with us and love us, then neither does our neighbor. Neither does the person whom we're quick to judge as far less clean than you and I are. Neither does the person who really irritates and rubs us the wrong way. Neither does the person whose choices we just cannot understand or fathom. Neither does the person who offends us deeply. So what would it be like if you and I started treating ourselves and each other and everyone else as though our uncleanness does not disqualify us from Jesus' love? What would happen instead if we started treating each other as though all that is within us, both clean and unclean, is exactly who Jesus loves with a life-changing love. If we could really treat each other that way, and not only those of us who listen to this podcast or have any sort of connection to the church in general, any church, I mean, but what if we could treat all people that way? Wouldn't our uncleanness no longer matter? If we could treat one another that way, think about the life-changing love that Jesus would unleash on the world. Because he does, and he is. And maybe, just maybe, we could be a part of that. This is good news for us today. May it be good news for you and for all whom you encounter. Thanks be to God that Jesus loves us, even while we are still unclean, even while we are still sinners. Jesus died for us and loves us right here and right now. Amen. And now God's word is alive in us again anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us 
out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now to support things like this podcast and the work and ministry of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to do that. Please go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat it, sjlcl.org. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little button named Donate. Hit that button and you can give your offering to God and for the work of God in the world through this church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you in advance for the gifts and the offerings that you give. And now as we go on our way, we are sent with the blessing of peace, the benediction. Dear friends, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, till we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. God loves you, everyone. God be with you until next week.